Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Monday edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob, Kelly, and Luke, we're all in the house today. We're in the Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, and we're glad you're with us on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue, proud supporter of our show, proud supporter of Southern Miss Athletics, and a great place to cater uh, your next event. The holidays are right here on us. And, of course, Dickie's does a fabulous job in catering, and we highly recommend you give them a call if you've got a special event on your list. All right, Mondays, we talk to head football coach Will Hall today. We're glad to have him back on the show. This is coming off of a 20-41 to loss to Mississippi State, but a game that I think much closer, really, than the final score indicated. It was a six-point game with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Coach, uh, a courageous effort, I thought, by our players uh, Saturday. We come up short, but uh, the game was in reach with, uh, you know, less than half of the fourth quarter left. Yeah, you know, I agree with you, Bob. It was a great effort. Just really disappointed we weren't able to win the game. You know, I think that uh, I thought that, you know, we came out hot and then scored right away. Of course, we had the great fourth down stop by our defense at midfield. Came out hot, man. Uh, Ethan Crawford hit Castle on a big play. We get down in there in the red zone and had a shot at one touchdown. Had Cole open right there and dropped it. And then we, we, we convert on third down and score. Hit Frank in the flats. And just Ethan came out hot and was executing well. I thought our defense was stopping the run. And, uh, you know, we just kind of bogged down a little bit there. Ethan in his first start, he had some protection, uh, you know, sets where he, he didn't quite get it to the correct linebacker and they had some guys run free on him uh, that, that, you know, as a young quarterback versus a really good defense can happen. But, uh, you know, all in all, we had some one-on-one shots there to our wideouts. You know, we just didn't quite hit them. You know, I think if Ethan stays healthy and stays in the game, it obviously helps us win. But I thought our defense played extremely hard. I was only disappointed in one drive all night. Uh, after we cut it to six, you know, we kind of let them get down the field on us right. and score. And uh, offensively, we kind of bogged down a little bit right there in the, in the middle of the game in the second and third quarter. We were kind of alive early and alive late. In the kicking game, you know, we had the big kickoff return, which was huge. Uh, we did some other good things. We also had some bonehead plays when we were punting, uh, you know, where we gave them some extra yards and kind of hurt ourselves field position-wise. You know, we, we fielded a ball one time where it was still rolling, which is just unbelievable. 
that, that we would do that. And um, and then we, we ran into their return one time and gave them 15 yards to give them extra field position. But we lost the turnover takeaway battle two to nothing. It gave them 10 points. And then I thought the field position swings, you know, with their punt compared to our punt allowed them to get another field goal right there. So that's 13 points, which was enough to decide the game. You know, the pick six at the end uh, was just something that happened during desperation. If you take that away, it was a one-score game. We had a, every every chance to win. We only gave up four explosives defensively. Three of those were in the fourth quarter, which was disappointing because we had really held them down all game long. Uh, we didn't force a turnover. We got a ball out one time, but we weren't able to recover it. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, we played hard. Golly, you know, our D-line on the interior, we took their, their SEC O-lineman, man, and we uh, we made them eat their lunch. I mean, we did. We, we were striking and getting after them. Uh, just disappointed we couldn't win it. I, I really think it's a game we could have won. And, uh, you know, I'll probably – I'll probably never get over it. But with that, we'll open it up and talk. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about Ethan Crawford for a minute. I thought when he was in the game, the team had a lot of juice, a lot of excitement. What exactly happened to him, Coach, that uh, that forced you to pull him out? I know you tried to put him back in after it, it appeared that he injured his shoulder, but what what was the story on Ethan Crawford? Yeah, so he got hit on a on a play where uh, he sent the protection left. It was obvious he should have sent it right. That's on him. So he got himself hit, and uh, the helmet of the defender hit him right on his throwing elbow, uh, right there in that elbow bone, funny bone area, also where the bursa sac is. It's happened to me a million times. A quarterback, when that happens, you get a little numbness in your throwing. It goes all the way down through your fingertips, and also it can bust that bursa sac and cause it to swell. Uh, really bad, really fast. Uh, he is a tough sucker. Uh, after getting his feeling back, your feeling kind of comes back after a little while. After getting his feeling back, he came back into the game. Uh, and when he scrambled for the first down over there on their sideline, you know, he had to lower his right shoulder to run over that guy to get the first. And at that point, he got re-hit on it again and experienced the tingling again. At that point, we went, we went with Billy, uh, you know, and, uh, that, that, that was that's the story on that. Uh, skipping to defense, uh, one thing I thought was very impressive is that you you held Mississippi State to four field goals early in the game, and time after time it seemed like the defense had its back up against the wall, but kept them out of the end zone. And uh, I thought that was I thought the defense played like you say, other than one play, the long run after the kickoff turn. I thought the defense was up to the task all day, Coach. Yeah, you know, we have really gotten better on defense the last few weeks. We simplified. I thought we started fast and played hard. We did a great job of striking and leveraging most of the game. Huge fourth down stop to start the game. We kept it in front of us in the passing game all game long. Uh, you know, we forced Will Rogers to throw out routes, uh, you know, and, and he is a really good football player. Uh, I got a lot of respect for him. We tackled well. Uh, like you said, we had some bad field position situations. Every time we punted and they punted, it seemed like they gained yards on us. Some of that was, you know, out of stupidity on our part. Um, you know, wish we could have forced a turnover. Thought we had some opportunities right there to do it, uh, but we just weren't able to. And uh, But I thought all in all outside, you know, of the fourth quarter defensively, uh, we really, really played. If, we, if you'd have told me that was the game we're going to get going into it, I would have took it. 
Coach Hall, I wanted to ask you more about Ethan Crawford. We were kind of betting around here, so to speak, that that the red shirt was going to be burned and that you were going to play him. You kept it hush-hush as as long as you could, obviously. Can you take us through the the final thought process as to why you guys decided to to let it ride? Yeah, we wanted to win. You know, I was really the only thought process ever. I mean, it really was never any, any thought in it, Kelly. I just acted that way just to try to help us in preparation, sure. him, him an advantage and us an advantage. But it's all about winning, right? We're playing Mississippi State. Number, I mean, number one, it's a game you want to win. Number two, you're playing Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, I certainly understand how important that is. I know, it, and to all our people, and it's that important to me. So we don't get a chance to play them, but every so often, and we weren't about to uh, – to, to, to let a redshirt situation get in the way of an opportunity to win that football game. And Ethan wanted to play. And I hope our fans understand that that's the type of kid he is. Like, he never batted an eye. It wasn't – like, I, I went into the conversation with him, you know, on Sunday and Monday. I was going to go into it and hear his side of it and then talk to him about how important this game is to our people and Southern Miss and his future and going into the offseason. And uh, I just looked at him. I said, man, what you thinking this week? He said, Coach, I want to play. What you thinking? I said, well, I want to start you. <laughs> he said, well, good. I think you should start me. I said, well, good. Sounds good, man. Great talk. Here we go. All, all, so, of, all, mean, uh, all of that makes perfect sense, but you will grant the fact that with transfer portals now and all that sort of thing, it does change the, the, land, the landscape a little bit as to how you have to maneuver your roster coming and going. Yeah, and look, everybody knows, I've proven since I've been here, I do not want to waste a year on anybody. Uh, I've red-shirted people when it was hard. Red-shirting Kenyon Clay last year was extremely hard. Uh, red-shirting other kids we've had in this program. Cam Mackey's a young D lineman that we're that's going to play in his fourth game this week. Uh, Luke Rogers is a young offensive lineman uh, that's going to be a, a really good football player. Chris Hayes is a young offensive lineman that's played in four games. I, I love those kids, uh, and if and if it was a situation where it was going to help us win another game, we would do it. But if it's if it's on the if it's on the fence, I'm always going to err in building the overall health and well being of this program. I've proven that since I've been here. The deal with Ethan is that's the quarterback position. He no doubt gives us a chance to win and swings the pendulum, uh, you know, for us as a chance to win. And then also he plays quarterback experience. So we had two more games left. He played in four. You're playing Mississippi State and Troy down the stretch. That's great experience, great uh, chance to grow and learn and uh, carry into the offseason and his future and our future. So to me, uh, you know, it was the right decision. He would tell you that as well, and, and uh, that's what we did. We're talking to head football coach Will Hall on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Get Luke in the conversation right on the other side of the break. Quick reminder, Town & Country Cleaners Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners, family-owned and operated since 1983. They offer bulky bedding, minor alterations, shirt laundry, and, of course, dry cleaning. You can visit Town & Country Cleaners at their convenient location across from the USM campus on Hardy Street or call them, 601-264-4920. More with head football coach Will Hall on the other side of the break.
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, Genesis of Hattiesburg is the official auto dealer of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're proud they are. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest luxury vehicles on the road today. And coming soon, the all-new Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. Want to thank Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net for the sponsorship of this segment with head football coach Will Hall. Great place to do your Christmas shopping. All right, Luke, get in here with Coach. Coach, uh, we, we, you mentioned last week that you know we were just going to throw the kitchen sink, and uh, we did that. You mentioned uh, the, the pass from Frank to, to Cole that, that couldn't get in because of the drop. But uh, a, a play that was a very um, controversial at the time, and, and I was watching you through binoculars, um, your, your reaction. Uh, third quarter, I think it's the second offensive possession. We're, uh, we're first and 10 at, at State's 48. Um, Frank rushes it up the middle. And Ty Mims is in motion, and uh, then he he kind of goes back, and, and it's not the old Mills Kills play, Southern Miss fans remember from 99, because you guys went tempo and nobody subbed. Mims stayed on the field. And just kind of walk our our um, you know our listeners through that and, and why in the world we got penalized for it. Yeah, so it's a play, you know, that I'll be honest, we copied straight from Ole Miss versus Texas A&M. You know, uh, we, we, we have analysts and GAs go through each week. Uh, you know, nowadays you have everybody's film, high school, college, everybody. And so anything really cool or tricky or great that happens from the previous week, we always monitor it and watch it and see if it's something we want to add or whatever. And, uh, you know, we ran two trick plays in that game. We had, the, like you said, we had the pass to Cole with Frank early in the game that we've actually done earlier in our career together. Uh, and then, but then, this one was we copied straight from the Ole Miss A and M game. Ole Miss running the second quarter versus A and M, and you know they got a touchdown for it, and we got a penalty for it. So uh, there you go. That's about all I guess I can say. What, what was the was the was the explanation? Because I thought the the rule was if you if you come off the field to the sub, you can't sneak somebody on. But Ty never came on because he was off the. Uh, I mean, never came uh, off the sideline because he was on the field the entire time. Yeah, I haven't gotten the whole explanation yet. Uh, we obviously sent it in to the league. They'll respond at some point this week. Uh, you know, I think they, I think the guy on the sideline never really saw him, you know. Yeah. And uh, so it is what it is, man. It's been so, a yeah. years. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> I went back and broke it down myself. And, yeah, I think you're, it was a great, great job, great uh, progression there, and, and great call. All right. Can you talk about um, a couple guys on defense, particularly Dylan Lawrence, Hayes Maples, and then uh, I think people still don't realize what what Zay Franks is doing in the secondary. Yeah, so Dylan's one of the most improved players on our team in the last four weeks. Uh, He's really coming on and starting to figure out he's leveraging the ball and tackling so much better. Hayes Maples gives you everything a human being can give you. Uh, he's not the most talented guy in the world. He may be the toughest guy in the world. I mean, he's like freaking Rocky Balboa tough. Uh, he has a lot of stingers and stuff he deals with. Um, just plays his absolute heart out for Southern Miss. I love everything about him. And then Zay Franks, man, wow. I mean, he's him and MJ Daniels, like, we started this year with two young guys right there that were extremely talented that had a lot of growing to do. Well, they've grown. They're going to end this year. You know, and Michael Caraway is the same way. So you got George MJ Daniels, George County, Michael Caraway from Jeff Davis County, and Zay Franks McGee. Them guys are playing right now, man. Like they're playing, they're getting after it. Zay tackled well. Uh, 
you know, and just love the growth of them, you know, and what they can be, you know, obviously with one more game this season and also moving forward. Um, last question for me. I'll hand it back to the guys. Uh, what, what's been your message for this week? Uh, we know it's a, it's an opportunity to play the second best team in the league, but I mean, uh, it's senior day. Uh, there's still, you know, as far as, as team matters, there's a lot to play for uh, this weekend. What's been your message to the guys? Yeah, exactly that. You know, we got a lot of old guys, uh, or not a lot. We got a few old guys in this program that, that really mean a lot to a lot of people. And then we got a lot of young guys that are growing and developing. So here we are. We're playing the uh, West Champs, the last game of the year. Uh, for these young guys, it's really the first game of next year. You know, where do we stand compared to the West Champs right here? You know, how, how well are you going to play versus them? And for these old guys, we want to send them out the right way. You know, this league, the Sunbelt West, when you look at it across the board, I mean, the whole Sunbelt, anybody can beat anybody any given day. I mean, Louisiana took Troy to the wire last week at Troy. App State just beat uh, James Madison on the road. Shoot, we went to App State and should have won the game. Uh, so, you know, we've really grown and gotten better over the last four weeks. I feel like we can play with anybody. I think we're a pretty good football team right now. And and this challenge this weekend really gives us a chance to uh, kind of see where we're at moving forward and how much better we got to get moving forward going into next year. Coach, you do make a point. You know, the Appalachian State game, certainly the Old Dominion game, those games that one play here, one play there, they turn out different. How frustrating is this for you as the head coach? It's been been, been probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through, uh, you know. And, uh, I mean, man, I know it sounds crazy, but I've lost my mom, and this is one of the fun, hardest things that I've I've ever had to go through. Uh, you know, there's a lot of self-reflection. There's a lot of things that, you know, you make one more play in four different games. It's a whole different season. And uh, But at the same time, I've got to own that as the leader. I certainly have owned that. Y'all know that. Uh, there's a lot of ways that we're so much better right now than we were starting the season. There's a lot of ways that we've got to continue to improve. Uh, the things that we can improve right now, we have. There are things that we have to improve moving forward that we're going to be able to address when the season gets over. But the one thing that I, 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 I'm 100% convinced in, and I think you've seen it throughout this year, the way we've built this roster and the direction we're moving is right. You know, we came here and said we're going to go back to the old way. We're going to repair the relationships with high schools. We're going to get back to recruiting local. We're going to grow and develop these kids like was done when Coach Bauer was here, and that's happening. You know, I've, I've told you all we'll have 57 kids next year or over 50 that have been here with us three years or longer. These young kids are playing really dadgum well right now on the back half of this season, and they're all going to be a year older next year, and uh, we're going to add another great recruiting class to them, which will be our third great recruiting class to stack on them. And, I, I you know, I think that talent-wise we're going to make another jump next year because of another year of of, of 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 oldness and and another recruiting class, and uh, then there's some things schematically and things we've got to do different. I certainly recognize and know that, and uh, we'll, we'll be able to fix that too. My last question: We talked earlier, obviously, about Ethan Crawford. Uh, how does he look for this weekend, Coach? I think he's going to play. You know, I do. I do. Uh, you know, that's an injury. That's uh, you know, we'll see as the as the week goes on. But I think he's going to be able to play. He's a tough-as-nails kid. He wants to play. He's ultra-competitive. 
we'll get a better feel for it tomorrow when we get out there on the grass and then Wednesday. But it's an injury that, that I can kind of speak to because I've, I've had it so many times. It's just when you play quarterback, it's just one of the injuries you're going to get, especially if you're a competitor and you, and you, and you throw your body around a little bit, which he did, he does. And I did, you know, so he, he, uh, he's a tough guy though. And I think he'll play. And, and coach, not like every other, not like any other team has really figured out how to do it. But so how do you beat Troy this weekend? What, what, what do you, what is their strength and what will you try to attack? Yeah, so their their strength is they just play really good complimentary football, and they've got a ton of old kids. I mean, like they're they're uh, you know when you count their snap count up of players that have actually played football at Troy, uh, they have got a ton of kids that have been playing three and four years, uh, you know, which is another advantage for us because in a year we're going to be like that, and some of these other teams in the league aren't going to be there at that point anymore uh d line wise you know them and us probably the two best d lines in this league they're really good they play great team defense they tackle well offensively they want to establish the run uh their running back is a bowling ball great football player you got to wrap him up you can't just hit him and knock him down nick chubb body type you know to uh, i know you're a bengals fan kelly that's a browns guy but right but uh that's the type of runner he is uh, they got a great wide out on the edge. They're just a really good football team. You know, it was a one-score game with them last year with six minutes to go. Um, I think we're a better football team than we were last year. Uh, even though our record's not as good, I think I think we're a significantly better football team. And so, uh, you know, we're going to compete. We're going to lay it on the line. And uh, I, can't, I can't wait to play the game. All right, Coach, I say it every week, but I mean it sincerely. I'm grateful that you come on the show every Monday. You never blink an eye about coming. In fact, you remind us every Monday morning about about coming on. So we're we're grateful to you for that, Coach, and we're looking forward to, to watching you and the guys finish up the year uh, Saturday morning at The Rock. Well, I appreciate you all and all you do, man. Let's finish this year on a, on a positive note. Uh, it's not been a fun year for anybody. I certainly understand that. There has been a lot of growth from it. I think we're going to reap the rewards of that in the future. And, man, let's finish it on a high note right here. we got a chance to. And let's send these seniors out on a positive note and have a great weekend. I'm with Happy you, Thanksgiving, Coach. Thank you, Luke. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Luke, you've got a big one this weekend, man. Pick a you and Wes Jones. Picking in West Jones and Laurel is hosting uh, Gauthier too. We got two South State Championship games, but yeah, the Mustangs, it's going to be fun. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you, Coach Hall. There you go. See y'all to the top. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the show is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Great place uh, to have lunch anytime you like. Watch the ball games. Have a good time. Visit with your friends. Have a PBR. And Bob, I can tell you that they're one of the few establishments that are ever open on Thanksgiving. They'll, they'll, have, they'll open probably about 4 o'clock Thanksgiving afternoon. 
like Slade told me one time that Thanksgiving and Christmas night are two of his biggest nights. They are because it's one of the few one of the few places that are even open. So uh, you want to shoot some pool or get together with your high school buddies or college buddies? Four Street's a place or to do it. Or just go over there and admire Casey Fisher in them short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't challenge him to a game of one-on-one, though. I no, 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 no. Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. Well, you can hear that anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour two-hour edition of the show tomorrow. From downtown Laurel and the uh, Christmas part over there where the businesses put up the Christmas trees. Very, very excited about that. Xavier Thigpen, a former football player, is going to be on the show. Lee Roberts will join us tomorrow. He's on the road with his son playing basketball. Uh, we've got a Southern Miss graduate who just led Jones College to another national championship. Ryan Ernest, the head football coach at Laurel, who is, uh, Luke just mentioned it in the earlier segment, Laurel and West Jones each playing for South State High School Championships this weekend. You know, Luke, they call, what, Laurel the, the friendly city? Is that what they call what? The, the city beautiful. The city beautiful. Sorry, the friendly city, I guess, is Petal, Mississippi. The city beautiful, but, man, they they need to start calling it home of, home of champions. I mean, Laurel and yeah. – West Jones every year it seems like Jones they're playing for always. Yeah. Laurel's got Jones College. Laurel has a really good chance to win that game by the way. They beat they beat Gaucher by 18 a couple weeks ago and then the one that coach Hall referred to and and Soso man Pickyun's coming in. And little development too guys. Uh Pickyun's really good running back Chris Davis is suspended for the first half. He got he got tossed in uh in the second quarter in in last week's game so he set out the second half and he sits out the first half so a little little edge for the mustangs all right kelly uh, let's talk a little basketball team is uh, over in beautiful uh st augustine florida we're all bit christmas uh not good news no no utah valley state uh defeated the eagles in the first game of the jacksonville invitational and just moments ago the eagles uh, in the losers bracket beaten by cal state fullerton uh, 74 to 67. So the Eagles, the only two wins they've got this year are against NAIA schools. And Jay Ladner said this was going to be a tough stretch, but I don't think he envisioned going down there and losing two games. Uh, the in- problem appears to be shooting. And I, and I know in the in the weekend game, what about 60% from the foul line missed a ton of foul shots. And that's something that's so, that's so, uh, cerebral because you talk to coaches all the time and they'll say if you over practice free throws then it gets in the heads of the players that the reason they're over practicing free throws is because they stink at shooting free throws okay so it's almost a double-edged sword but yeah you should practice it because they haven't been as efficient you know at the free throw line meanwhile the women blew up north alabama joy lee told us last week she was worried about it she didn't have anything to be worried about 30 points i believe scored 90 points if i'm not mistaken and the women morgan seeper and Dom Davis just continue to be a like a one a, a left right from a good fighter. Traditionally, the Lady Eagles start out quickly every year. It's down the stretch that they tend to falter, and and now as the season has gotten longer, you hope that uh, you know you hope they won't wear down as this longer season goes on. I think both teams are back in town this week. Am I not right? Right, right that we got to get a we got to get a calendar in here, or a schedule. We'll find that information out, and uh, and we'll let you know. Let me tell you both something that I saw uh, Sunday that I wish everybody would pay more attention to. I saw the greatest picture of two USM football players with a Mississippi State football player. They're all arm in arm. All three of these kids played high school football together. I'm sorry that I don't remember their names, but it was just such it, it was such a great message. And it said, while you know fans are bickering in the stands and bickering on the internet, for these kids. 
this is like playing your buddies, and it's just a healthy thing for the state of Mississippi, a.k.a. University of Mississippi. All three schools should be playing each other. And I know this is a this is a horse that's not only dead, it's mummified, but uh, surely you would agree. Luke, you, you played uh, you played football at, at all different levels. So, yeah, I, I agree with, with what Bob just said. Yeah, I mean, all three of those kids um, in that, they all, you know, they all played together. Puckett, uh, Hayes Puckett, the, the defensive back, they were all MRA guys. And that's one of the things that people miss. What was really cool at, in, in, uh, at the coin toss was Crumity and Hayes Maples were both captains. And, of course, they played at Oak Grove together. And just to see them embrace. There was something else where Will Rogers, um, after the game, Coach Hall's walking around, and, and Rogers runs up behind him. You can hear him saying, Coach Hall, Coach Hall. And he turns around, and, you know, of course, uh, they know each other. And with, with Luke, with his brother Luke being on the team, and, and of course, the Mississippi connections. And, you know, one of the things you see that, obviously, you, you see it in baseball, not so much in basketball, but when we play the other schools in baseball, the, these are guys that, that, that played um, travel ball together. Right. Uh, the, these were guys that, uh, you know, graduated together. And so football at the same way, uh, because of the way that both schools, because Mississippi so, so football rich, to, to Bob's point, it's really cool to see those former teammates and guys that they may have been in the same town, but it, you know, they, they may have played cross, uh, cross town against each other. And so we see that dynamic when you have high school teammates that play on the same team in college, but when they get to play each other, I think the state just really misses out in that. So props to Mississippi State. Of course, they come to the Rock in, in two years in 2025. I think when you even see the NFL players, you know, there could be controversial calls or it could come down to a replay or a last-second field goal, and where us fans are sitting there watching at home pulling our hair out or throwing pillows at the TV or are just, you know, upset because our team didn't win, you see those guys just go up to each other and shake each other's hands and pat each other on the back and, hey, good job, you know, congratulations, good luck. Of course, they're all walking home with $3 million paychecks too, which – That helps make you in a good mood all the time. It, it does, but, but it is a – you know, sports are a direct reflection of society, and maybe, maybe the fault is with us as a society that we put too much emphasis on winning and losing these sorts of things that we take it personally – I know that's been the case with me for a long time with with the Bengals, man. I, I take it personally when they lose. I have nothing to do with it, but I just take it personally when they lose. It it hurts, and and you don't get that many chances to recoup can I, can those I give losses. You some advice. I yeah. got this advice from my father. I was all dejected and raising cane one day over a Redskin game when they lost, and he walked by me and he said, "You know what? Whether they won that game today or lost that game, it ain't gonna change nothing for you. You're gonna get up and go to work tomorrow morning." And they're going to go home and take a big check home with them. So why don't you get over? It? Well, no, I mean, I I know that deep down inside, and I'm, and I'm blaming myself. Right. You know, when when you take this stuff personally, these coaches, these players, Southern Miss or wherever, they're trying to win. They're doing everything they can. Of course, uh, but but they but they also understand that the sun is going to come up tomorrow, and they're putting. You know, the emphasis on their priorities probably where they belong, and it shouldn't necessarily be in sports. Isn't being a lifelong Cincinnati fan some form of self-abuse? I know it was being a Redskin fan. Well, it's a reality check. Yeah. That's for sure. I was sitting there one day, and this was the year I think they went 3-13, and 13, which wasn't that many years ago. And I'm watching them lose yet another game, and my wife walks through the room, and she looks at the TV, and she sees the score, and she looks at me, and she says, 
why do you do this to yourself and walk out of the room? Kelly, I didn't have an answer. No. <laughs> hey, do you know, have you guys, Luke, have you ever heard the phrase down pat? Somebody has something down pat? You've heard that, Bob, haven't you? Uh, I, I have that. not. Okay. Well, the, yeah, d- down pat meaning you've got it just got it just right. You've got it down. That phrase actually originated from President Richard Nixon, who wanted to watch the Redskins game, and his wife was standing in front of the TV, and he couldn't see the game. <laughs> and, and he told her, down, Pat. You're a That's, sick man. Has anybody ever told you that? Going, exa- going back they should to, examine your brain. Going back to, uh, to fans that look dejected, Bob, and when I was flying out of San Antonio, I saw a group of about five or six uh, Commander fans, yeah. and they did not. This was like on Friday, That's so they the should entire have been excited going to the game. Yeah, yeah they, they didn't look. I, I, will, I will say this. Uh, they travel well. <laughs> when, when I was leaving Davis Wade on Saturday, and this is not a moral victory comment for people listening, so I'm, I'm not – pushing for that though somebody would have said hey you know we'll be down six because uh, we, we we house uh, a kickoff return with seven minutes to go in the game right and I, I would have took it and so with that you know I walked out of Davis Wade with my black and gold everybody was cordial no, I, I was proud to be a Southern Miss fan in the sense that it wasn't like it was in October when you know after after South Alabama and how you know we were you know on this program we were just so, um, just so dejected and and almost depressed because of that, and just to see a month later, um, being afraid how that Mississippi State game might turn out, and being late in the game to say, hey, eyeballs, something may happen. It didn't end the way we wanted to, but I mean I I had my head I had my uh, my my head held up walking out of the, the stadium. So. They played really hard. I think I think anybody just whoever they're cheering for, I, you just want to know that your team can compete. Right. You know they that compete when they, is Saturday. Yeah, when they take the field, there's there's no hundred percent guarantee that they're going to win or lose. Just compete. Speaking of competing, check out Mobe Beignet Company. Kelly's going down there with his kids uh, during the Thanksgiving holiday and. Let me tell you what, a man that can compete eating Mobe beignets is sitting right across I the street. I can't compete from, with Luke Johnson, though. Well, no, I mean, that's a, that was just a stirb comp. I mean, I don't know what you say about that. He, he prepared like a real warrior I still for that. can't believe he ate six of those things in two and a half minutes. Amazing. <sighs> we'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fishing out this Monday in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel for segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by D-Bant and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Christmas trees coming up, even though it is the week of Thanksgiving. I'll, I'll gripe about that throughout the week. But anyway, an opportunity for you to get great Christmas gifts for your family memberships pro shop all there at dbat and d1 dbat hattiesburg.com southern miss uh, men's basketball earlier today falls to cal state fullerton 74 67 yesterday they dropped a two-point contest to utah valley utah valley did make a run in the nit last year final that was 67 65 and as bob mentioned earlier lady eagles blow out north alabama 91 63 
over the weekend. Basketball this week. Tomorrow night, Lady Eagles hosting Valparaiso at 6 p.m. On Wednesday, men's basketball hosting South Dakota State at 7 p.m. And then Friday, women um, hosting North Dakota at 11 a.m. Sunbelt over the weekend. Ole Miss blows out Monroe 35-3. LSU takes care of Georgia State 56-14. Army upsets yeah. Coastal the fighting, 28-21. The fighting Munkins. In West Point, Arkansas State blows out Texas State 77-31. No crying for Butch Jones on those sidelines. Troy defeats Louisiana 31-24. South Alabama shuts out Marshall 28-0. Old Dominion. Goes to Statesboro and gets a road win, 20-17. to And Appalachian State ends James Madison's undefeated season, 26-23. to So what does that mean for our standings? We do not have a new leader, but we do have co-leaders. Mm. So first off, Peter Bame mm. went 6-4 and four this, uh, this past week. Good job, Peter, our guest. He tied the new co-leader, Kelly Sander. Kelly Sander went six and four over the uh, the week correctly, and the one that that got you over the hump, Sander, was uh, was the Arkansas State selection. Right. Bob Getty went five hundred, which is respectable in baseball. Five and five batting average, at least five and five. So up to date standings. Bob and Kelly. No, wait a minute. Seventy. Hold on. Seventy four. <laughs> And 42 overall. And one week left. Mm. I went for, I had to make up ground. I was down three games. I unfortunately went three and seven. Ooh. But Ooh. when you say, but when you say that, we all missed on Pittsburgh. We all missed on Coastal. We all missed on Georgia Southern. Two yeah. of us missed on Texas State. We all missed on James Madison. I had to take a chance with Marshall. And for the 11th week in a row, I picked Southern Miss. So there you go. Oh, excuse me. Uh, the, the one mar- week to go and we're tied. No, no this is not a one week. This is a two-week competition. We had announced earlier we would go through championship weekend. All right, all right. Well, Luke's in charge of picking those games, so we'll have to make them as, as tough as possible. But, you know, come, you know, Coach Hall was talking earlier about the uncertainty of this league. As many of these one-possession games have gone against Southern Miss, how many have gone for Old Dominion? I mean, Old Dominion, I don't have their schedule sitting in front of me, but I'll bet you they've won four games by three points or less. I mean, just about every game they've won has come down to, like, you know, two or three points. Georgia Southern's been a big disappointment down the stretch. They really have. They started out. Did they get beat? They did. Georgia Southern got beat. And Marshall has been very disappointing after having one of the top defenses in all of the NCAA last year, and they have just laid an egg. What about the Texas State game? Who, who saw that coming? Arkansas State putting up 77 points. I remember at the beginning of the year, I said, and look, I said Arkansas State was going to be among the most improved teams in the league. And it was just because of the last two recruiting classes that they've put together. These guys apparently now are starting to, to mature 77 points against Texas yes. State. And I said Louisiana wouldn't be as good as people thought. Now, they were See, able when to. When you picked Arkansas State the other day, I just thought it was another day that you had come in after drinking some, but apparently not. No, pills. I didn't drink oh, that day. Oh, pills. <laughs> there right is, there is a legitimate right. chance that 12 of the 14 Sunbelt teams are going to be bowl eligible. 
Marshall's five and six right now. Old Dominion's five and six. Louisiana is five and six. Uh, James Madison six and one, leading the East with App State and Coastal behind him at five and two. Troy, as uh, we already said, has already won the West, so you get a chance to take down the West champ this uh, this yeah, and, Saturday. And by the way, quick message to the color commentator on the broadcast Saturday, who came right out and said Will Hall was cheating on the sideline play. And the play-by-play guy corrected him and said, "I don't, I don't think that's cheating." But you know, put your SEC feelings to yourself sometime and accuse the man of cheating. I thought that was way over the line. And it, as, it as if, cheating. yeah, as if you need to be, have something else go wrong. Yeah. Right? It, it'll it be interesting to hear how they interpret that because it was, unless somebody wants to show me definitively where it is, that was a legal play. And again, I thought it was a brilliant draw up, and they executed it perfectly. It was, it was legal. Just. It happens. All right. All right. Sunbelt ro- officials, too, guys. Yeah. Sunbelt. On the road tomorrow, the Eagle Hour will be in downtown Laurel. We'll be over there at the Prancer Path Christmas tree area. We're looking forward to that. We have a Super Talk Christmas tree there, Kelly. Good, good. You feel free to bring a gift if you'd like. Put us in the, in the Christmas spirit tomorrow, yeah, even though you it's. Bring little- some unusual Christmas gifts. Maybe better that you give it to me in private. Yes. Yeah, don't tell me to bring an unusual (laughs) gift. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Back tomorrow at 1 from downtown Laurel. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.